1: Charles Ray. My big question to you is when your parents named you, did they have a really great sense of humor or did they have such a love of music? They just wanted you to embody this name.
0: Okay, this is, this is actually great to, to set this record straight once and for all. It's actually <laughs> my family's name. I'm actually, so my legal name is Charles Ray third, and I'm actually the fourth in the line of men named Charles Ray. In my family name, so uh, my great great grandfather's name was Charles Ray. He named his son Jesse. Jesse named his son Charles, who named his son Charles, who named his son Charles, his son Charles and that's me, Charles Ray III. Um, so it's actually Ray Charles that is infringing upon our name.
1: So um, did you have a nickname? Because there are a lot of Charles Rays in your life. Did they? Did you have a nickname growing up?
0: Um, growing up. So when I was a baby, they called me Baby Chucky. Oh. And, uh, um in in memphis um i lived in memphis and grew up in memphis until i was um, 24 years old everyone in memphis calls me chuck so um beyond that i just go by charles
1: all right, so Baby Chuck, you know, are you a fan of the Rugrats? Because it's around uh, the time when they were big, and they had yeah, Chucky.
0: Big fan of the Rugrats. I was, uh, <laughs> I, I heavily identified with the plight of the Chucky character. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. So we really want to know. Um, our audience wants to know what kind of instrument do you play, and how did you get into it? Did you happen to fall? some musicians fall in it by luck? and the hard work comes along with it, and other people have worked their entire life until they get to a point where now they made it. So how is, what's, what's your journey been like as a musician?
0: Um, so it, it's kind of happenstance. Um, the school system I grew up in, uh, at sixth grade, in middle school, the kids essentially have a choice between uh, band or choir. Um, and it was presented to me as two choices. Um, and I chose band, well, band, choir, or orchestra, three choices. Um, I chose band, and really, like, I wanted to play saxophone, but there are way too many saxophone players, and I couldn't make any sound on the clarinet, so it was either going to be percussion or trumpet, and there are only a few guys playing trumpet, so it really was happenstance, I it just chose trumpet, I just walked over and it up and...
1: so when who discovered you who did the teacher realize? hey this kid Chuck is really good at the trumpet I mean is yeah. that what happened or you just loved it and then you just continue to play throughout the years
0: you, you know my so my career the foundation of my career was built really from a love of trumpet I wasn't really an outstandingly talented trumpet player per se I had um, kind of an affinity for music. Like I was really good at music theory. Um, you know, I could, I could pick out the notes. I could tell you what a skill was. I could tell you what chords were being played. Um, but in terms of like the physicality of like playing the instrument, I had quite a difficult path. Um, um, you know, I, I continued through high school and college and really just the sheer um, competitive nature of of music combined with the love of music is what kept me going, but it was actually quite difficult, um, balancing like um, the difficulty of music with my enjoyment because I wasn't a naturally talented trumpet player. Um, so um, I really, I had to find other ways to shine and stand out.
1: So how did you shine and stand out?
0: Um. So in in particular, um, you know, my so I went to school for music, um, went to college for music, um, jazz studies, and that decision really um, was catapulted by um, the fact that um, I took the the AP music theory exam um, when I was a junior in high school, and I got the highest score you could get, um, and you know, when I practice trumpet, you know, trumpet, people really like to hear those loud high notes and those really fast, uh, those really fast uh, uh, musical figures, you know, those really fast runs and licks and stuff. Um, I was good at the second part. I was good at playing like really fast, like um, uh, characteristic things of like, you know, jazz players that people loved, but I couldn't you know, I couldn't play particularly high. I didn't have like the greatest trumpet sound in the world, um, at least according to people in college. So I really um, I really had to stand out in my jazz improvisation, like the different types of notes and colors I would cling to. Um, being from Memphis, the blues tradition is very strong um, in pretty much everybody because everybody goes to church um, or everybody you know hangs out you know, on Bill Street or something tangential to that. Um, So I used those types of um, I used that tradition to my advantage in terms of the way I expressed music and the way that I played and the way that I wrote. Um, And eventually um, the talent caught up. So I was, you know, I was able to fit into certain situations because I was able to sound good at Kind of a more rudimentary playing level. Um, But eventually, you know, through some hard knocks and um, put it, you know, really just taking chances, um, I got a lot better.
1: How have you stepped out of line in your life? Has there been a crossroads where you've had to make a decision, right or left? Where have you gone with it and what's happened?
0: so, yeah, I really identify with that idea of stepping out of line and, um, you know, kind of in line with the idea that we were just talking about, like, how did I, you know, improve as a trumpet player and what, what ways did I stand out? Like uh, when I was 24 years old, um, I got offered a, a job playing trumpet at the Mirage Hotel in Las Vegas um, at the BB Kings Blues Club but I had, I would have had to move, um, in three days. So I got the phone call that Sunday and I would, I had to be in Vegas, like set up living there that Wednesday. And, um, I made a really fast split decision and, um, I went and, um, It was, I mean, it was extremely risky. I think I only had like a thousand bucks. You know, my dad gave me like $200 to to help me. Um, And you know, I got there and I found an apartment and um, got set up and that was kind of, you know, that I look at that when that Wednesday as the beginning of the rest of my life, because um, you know, the club I was playing for it closed after a bit. I mean, and, and uh, I was kind of in a really precarious position, but it really, it really forced me to get involved in the, the Las Vegas um, music community, which in terms of trumpet players is very, very, very strong. There are lots of very, very nice people um, that I was able to reach out to. They were able to talk to me about, about music, about strictly playing the trumpet just as a machine itself about um, you know, how to carry my life in Las Vegas. Um, and I, I wasn't there long because I, I, I took a, a cruise ship playing uh, gig, you know, not long after that kind of precarious moment. but I, I look at moving to Las Vegas as kind of a, a big stepping out of line moment in my in my past where, um, this is this is either gonna make me a lot better and do lots of things for my life or I'm gonna um, I'm gonna come back to Memphis um, and have to you know pick up the pieces It was a great trial by fire that, that really gave me a lot and, and forced me to embrace um, new perspectives and try new things and, um, and and it got me used to moving around because now I live in Nashville um, so um, any anytime there is, I'm no longer afraid of that, like I'm leaving home, um, I don't know anybody in this place, I have to build my life over from scratch type of feeling because you know I, now, now I know it's possible, I've done it before. So
1: that was a gutsy move, obviously. Is that what led you eventually to working with Kelly Clarkson and going on tour with her?
0: In uh, in so many words, yes, you know it's it's one of those things that again was foundational leading up to um, playing with Kelly Clarkson, and, and really playing with Kelly Clarkson, I owe that to um, uh, I owe that to uh, Glenn, who you know uh, who's the one to you know call me and get me get me involved. Um, Um, and, but, um, you know, there's always as a musician, there's, there's the moment when you first get called for a job and, um, you know, getting there and having, having to make an impression as a player and as a human being, um, the latter actually being even more important than the former. Again, those those moments in Las Vegas, in those moments starting over and rebuilding my life, you know, kind of putting that fear in check, um, um, really, really, really informed my time at the, at least at the beginning of the tour with um, Kelly Clarkson and her band.
1: It's interesting because people we've spoken to take these chances a lot of times when they're not yet married or have a partner, they don't have kids yet. And they, it's at that point in their life when they can do these things because it's just yourself. So that's maybe a big part of it also. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: When you're young or at a certain point in your life that you can really do these things.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not married and I don't have any children. Um, And that, that's definitely, um, you know, yeah. If I, if I had children, you know, my life priorities would be completely different. You know, I probably would have already um, taken on a trade or a new path at this point to make, you know, to do uh, my duty, my responsibility. Um, And thankfully, my responsibility at this point is mostly only to myself. Um, I have a niece and nephew whom I love greatly, and I try to contribute, you know, contribute money and contribute my presence and, uh, and, and do whatever I can to positively impact their upbringing. Um, but yes, that uh, not, not being married or having children has been a, a major factor in being able to take risks um, because it's just me.
1: <laughs> so how are you finding, because we're still in quarantine, even though the world is coming out of quarantine, how are you finding ways to be creative and create music Um, over the past few months when people aren't going on tour and the clubs yet really aren't open. And you know, it's just been, we're waiting for it all to happen, but it's not happening yet.
0: Um, So, well, well, what's interesting about being a musician is we, we spend so much time playing music as our job that we rarely um, get to do it for ourselves. And I think the the absence of, you know, gig work, um, has helped me. I also sing and play guitar, oh. so it really helped me. You know, you know, when I get emotionally distraught, sometimes I'll just. Uh, it sounds kind of cliche, but I'll just sit in my room with you know with my guitar and just sing and play whatever songs that come to mind and it's very, um, it can be very cathartic, it can it can be very healing, it can be, it's it's like going through a hundred therapy sessions, mm-hmm. you know. Um, um, so one way that I've, you know, I've stayed connected with music during the quarantine has been just that, just sitting down and personally com- connecting with the music. Because it remind, you know, reminding myself like, why did I do this in the first place? Why? Why do I love it so much? What is, what makes music so special to me? Um, what, and, and feeling those feelings that can't be described with words by, you know, having that having that personal experience and, and playing music alone. Um, that that's that's been one of the major things. Um, uh, you know, another way. Um, another way that I've kind of uh, connected with music has been actually the, the to call back to the stepping out of line idea. Um, I've been doing a major um, change on the trumpet. Now, a lot of, every trumpet player will know what this is, but most people don't know. Um, I'm doing what's called an embouchure change. And it's essentially where um, you have not trumpet mouthpiece right here. You have where the trumpet mouthpiece sits on your face, essentially,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you can just, in layman's terms, you can just call that an embouchure in the way it sits on your face. Well, that's been um, a physical hurdle for me over the years. So when when the quarantine first started, like when the NBA announced <laughs> that they were over, I was like, okay, everything's done.
1: <laughs>
0: um, I decided to undergo. Um, Uh, an umbruster change which is essentially meaning i'm starting over playing the trumpet with the mouthpiece sitting on a different part of my face and that has been a major stepping out of my moment because this is i mean it's a major risk and i'm still in the middle of it um um and working myself back in beyond where i was as a trumpet player but um that has been musically that's been the thing taking up consuming most of my mental and physical space and my time. Um, I've been.
1: Why do you do that? Like, why did you make that change? Is it better to play it one way or a different sound? It's a, you can reach higher notes?
0: Um, That's a good question. Um, the way that I played before I had to work very hard. Um, very 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 hard and some would say inefficiently to produce the sounds that i was making and to be able to play at the the level that i was during the kelly clarkson tour um in you know in your average you know day um counting like counting sound check and counting like the, the show which the show was about an hour and 30 minutes long um you know i was playing close to like four hours a day um it wasn't, you know, and, and granted, a lot of people will say like, you know, you have as a trumpet player, you have to do like that, an hour of warm up and foundational stuff just to help stay consistent on the instrument. And you know what to expect when you get on stage in front of 10,000 people, you know, you make all that practice will make the trumpet more of an instinctual, intuitive thing. But um, even then, I I felt like I couldn't, always rest completely on the fundamentals I had and I wanted to, you know, essentially up my game in so many words. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to be able to go out and enjoy the show. Like some of the musicians that I looked up to in her band, you know, could that were so like, so professional. And I'm sure they had their own individual battles, but like, to me, it looked like they were going out there and they were playing and they were enjoying the show and, Uh, you know, I wanted to take a little bit more of the stress out of the job. Um, along, along with that, um, I, I have, I've always felt, um, that this was something I needed to do to raise myself to a higher higher echelon, higher tier of trumpet player. Um, just in terms of the types of people who, um, you know who were recording movie soundtracks, or the people who are the first calls for uh, major recording sessions in town. Um, um, I didn't. I did not yet feel like I could say that I played at their level, and I want. I. I do a hundred percent. hundred percent feel like this will help me, um, at least get a little closer, um, and 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 have a little bit more. Um, comfort in my trumpet fundamentals, stepping out on stage um, without, you know, without the stress because I, I actually, I do love how I performed on the Kelly Clarkson tour. And like, it was, um, it was definitely some of the, the, the best playing I've done in my life. Um, but now I want to make that habitual. Now I want to make it where it's not I don't even have to think about it, you know. I can. So if somebody wakes me up in the middle of the night and hands me a trumpet and tells me to, you know, play the whole show from top to bottom, you know, do I, <laughs> yeah, I can do it. So
1: um, it kind of reminds me when it, when they tell a baseball player just to lift the bat up an inch and hold it a little differently so they could hit the ball a little better. So you're exactly. just. Test- and a great play, great play players are always doing that. They always kind yep. of watch the way they hit the ball, yep. They're hitting the ball a little differently and, and stronger to make it yep. more efficient. You do the same. Perry yeah. says she does the same thing with what? Oh, with walking. She does the same yep. thing with walking. Exactly. Um, because sometimes you waste energy. And you
0: right, changing it. your gait.
1: That, that's amazing. Mm. Um, that's so. What what plans do you have now coming up in the future? Once uh, all hell breaks loose and you're you're out there touring or you're out there playing, that what do you hope is going to happen over the next uh, couple of months? Um.
0: Well, I'm hoping to go and continue doing some of the things that I was doing before quarantine. So I, I played for a lot of wedding bands, and there were um, there were other artists that I toured for, like uh, Ron Pope um, is. An artist who I've been playing with for the past three or four years. Um, often, his his big song is "A Drop in the Ocean," um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, I'm hoping to to get back to. I'm, I am hoping to get back to touring. I am hoping to get back to playing um, some of those private events. Um, but as I improve as a musician, um, I'm hoping to get into into new things. Um, lots of lots of musicians have have their home studio setups and um, they do arranging and, and um, you know, someone needs, you know, horn parts, but um, they don't want to have to go pay a, a sound engineer and, and rent out a whole studio. They can just record their part right there at home and then ship it off to whoever needs it. Um, looking to do more of that type of work. Um, um, I'm looking to sing more and uh, play more guitar, Um, but um, yeah, I mean, beyond, you know, beyond that, it just, it really just depends on what's available. Uh, As a trumpet player, you know, um, you know, I, I didn't go out and choose the tours and the jobs I was on. They, you know, they kind of, they found, they found me. Um, So it's one of those, it's really whatever's available. It's who whoever um, needs someone and then decides that that person is me, um, that's what I'll be doing. I do, actually, I do have a YouTube channel. Yeah, there's a, uh, if you type in Charles Ray, American Idol, I was um, I was on American Idol very, very, very briefly.
1: <laughs> what did um, you make it? Did you make it to Hollywood?
0: I made it to Hollywood, but no further. <laughs> um,
1: what year was this? Like how many years ago?
0: I want to say it was, I think it was season 18 and it was 2015, that's its own, (laughs) that's its own story and its own saga.
2: I hold my breath While I look up to the Stars on high And call for help How long I'll roam And i wait for you To decide upon your Cloud of high If there's room for two How long The comes out to me just like a beacon, oh Makes me pray with gods I don't believe in, oh no You feel it too. you come to me for healing, so When you go just know that I stop breathing how long must I hold my breath while I look up to the stars on oh, high am for help? How long? How wrong that I wait for you to decide upon your cloud of oh, life then? How long you say you want to give to me, oh, oh But then I find myself outside your walls, oh, no In time you say us nice, will come to the end, oh Time doesn't come without a fee. How long must I hold my breath while I look up to the stars so high and call for help? to hello